0: Hey there, I'm Leslie Marshall. Good afternoon, welcome or welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Happy Thursday, lots to talk about in this day. And we have a great guest that we've had on the program many times before because he's extremely knowledgeable uh, in an area that I'm not as knowledgeable on. I always learn a lot from him and I'm sure that you will learn a lot from him as well. He is Dr. Robert Shapiro, chairman of Sonicon. They're an economic advisory firm and he is a senior fellow of the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown University. He is an internationally known economist who was advised, among others, President Bill Clinton, Vice President Al Gore Jr., British Prime Ministers Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, and then U.S. Senators Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. He was Undersecretary of Commerce for Economic Affairs during the Clinton administration. More than a pleasure to have back on the show Dr. Robert Shapiro. Dr. Shapiro, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Long time no talk, but you're always on my mind. Good to have you with us today.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Leslie. Anytime.
0: Dr. Shapiro... Um, I know you have a great blog at sonicon.com forward slash blog. That's S-O-N-E-C-O-N, folks, that you should read about what we're going to talk about. And we're specifically going to talk about something that the president loves. It would seem it's the biggest feather in his cap, in his mind, and an area where he feels he can win But I'm not quite sure that Democrats are going to be on board with what he wants, or maybe even more so Republicans with the rhetoric out of late uh, that's come from the president in his mouth and on Twitter. And, of course, we're talking about tax reform. Dr. Shapiro, you wrote a great blog uh, on Sonicon.com entitled The Three Choices for Tax Reform. Um, So before we do that, first of all, the Republican Party is extremely fragmented and divided over this issue. Paul Ryan has spoken specifically about very conservative cuts. You hear the president saying he doesn't want to uh, tax the uh, rich and he wants to give the middle cl- class a break. I don't really know how you do that. And uh, <laughs> Democrats, of course, um, Democrats, of course, want um, to uh, uh, Democrats want to. Sorry, we had something on the computer that distracted me there. Uh, Democrats want to um, always, you know, cut taxes, especially for the middle and lower income. So let's talk. Uh, so first of all, it, is any is it possible for the president to get tax reform? In any way, shape, or form, through when you have Democrats among Democrats, Republicans and Republicans that don't agree within their own party, certainly don't agree across the aisle, and then many who don't agree with what the president wants, and he keeps changing his mind on what he wants. It's
1: a real long shot, Leslie. There's always a chance because Trump is totally unpredictable, he doesn't have any uh, enduring beliefs or values or views. Uh, he wants to win. And so that makes him kind of nimble. Um, and when he can find a place where the vast majority of one party plus a couple outliers in the other party can agree, then he can pounce. The That looks very... Very, very hard to do on taxes. Easier to do on DACA than on taxes, because there are a lot of Republicans in districts with significant Hispanic populations. And um, in Colorado, in Arizona, in New Mexico. um, So that's a lot easier. On taxes, it's really hard. The Republican Party, the one thing that used to unite all Republicans before Trump was the belief in the value of cutting the marginal tax rate on high-income people and corporations. And um, uh, and Trump came in saying that, too. In fact, he wanted to cut it ridiculously low, to 15 percent. Um, and the uh, CBO said, well, if you were to do that, it'll cost you uh, 5 to $7 trillion over 10 years. You'll increase the deficit by 500 to $750 billion a year. And so that was put aside. They're now looking at a smaller cut. The problem is that um, either... They pay for the cut or they don't pay for the cut. If they pay for the cut, the only way to do it and get any Democratic support would be to have high-income people pay for it or to have corporations pay for it by taking away some of their credits and deductions. Um, The fact is that Republicans won't go for having high-income people pay for it. And taking away those certain credits and deductions, there you split the business community in half. Because, you know, about half of the business community benefits so much from these these tax preferences, from the credits and the exemptions and the deductions, that they would rather have those than a lower rate. As it is, Apple pays about 7%. Why do they care if the rate goes from 35% to 28%? They don't. Uh, The same thing is true of uh, the big pharma companies. All the the big finance, these are industries that would prefer to keep the deductions and credits and exemptions than get a lower rate. That's why it's always so hard to pass these corporate reforms. So um, It looks like it's pretty hard to get to. Um, I've been trying to think recently about um, what would Democrats ask for if Donald Trump said to them, "Okay, what will it take to get you on board um, for a cut in the corporate rate to 25 percent? which would cost about $120, 130000000000 a year. Um, and I thought, well, what are the kind of chestnuts, the, the wish list that Democrats have had? Um, well, one is to treat capital gains and dividends as ordinary income. Um, the other would be, another would be to to make capital income subject to the payroll tax. Well, these are things that no Republican could accept. So it looks to me like any big tax reform is really out of reach. Um, And even if you, you know, you could get a big majority of the Republican Party that would say, okay, we're going to cut the rate to 28% which was the rate that Obama wanted to cut it to, incidentally, um, but Obama wanted to pay for it by by ending some of those deductions and credits and exemptions, um, that they would say, okay, we're going to cut it to 28 percent, and we're not going to pay for it. We're just going to have a bigger deficit, and we'll pressure the uh, Joint Tax Committee to give us a quote-unquote dynamic score that says that growth will accelerate and that will pay for part of it, and we're just going to suck it up and we're going to take the bigger deficit. You could get a big majority of the Republicans to support that, but not enough to pass it in the Senate. You only, just like we saw on Obamacare. You've only got a two-vote margin. You lose three, and you need Democrats. And Democrats are not going to accept, no Democrat would would vote for a cut in the rate to 28% that's not paid for. Um, so the question is, aren't there, there are, the problem for them is that there are enough Republicans who care as much about deficits as they do about, Uh, taxes on business, um, to stop that kind of um, bill. So it's really hard to think of what they could do. You might get a small bill. A small bill, I think, is possible. Um, You know, with some, maybe you bring the rate down to 32%. That wouldn't cost a lot of money. Um, and you could pay for it with some cats and dogs, uh, as they say. But that's not much of an achievement. I'm bringing the rate from 35 to 32%. So um, it's going to be very hard. Uh, I would be very surprised if um, I just see no path to a big reform. Um, and again... The basic reason is the Republican Party is split and business is split. Business is split between uh, caring about uh, kind of traditional reform and caring about bringing down the rate and not. Um, So uh, I think we're going to have the same corporate code in 2018 that we had in 2017.
0: We're going to take a break and we're going to be back. I know you may have questions because, you know, this is an area where sometimes those on the left are more conservative, which is fiscal issues and specifically the issue of tax reform. Remember, both Democrats and Republicans agree that our tax system needs to be reformed and and tax codes need to be changed. But which ones in which way, how much and who will be affected? You might be and might be curious about that uh, as a business owner. Um, You might be. Um, If you are amongst most of us in the middle class, the majority of Americans, pick up the phone and join us. Any questions for our guest, Dr. Robert Shapiro, chairman of Sonicon, the economic advisory firm, who's a senior fellow of the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown University, former undersecretary of commerce for economic affairs in the Clinton administration on Twitter. Follow him there at Rob Shapiro, R-O-B-S-H-A-P-I-R-O on the website. Go to his company, Sonicon.com, and you can read that great blog we're talking about. The three options he thinks the president has. Questions at 888 6 Leslie, 888 653 7543. That's 888 6 Leslie, 888 653 7543. Quick break, more with him, more with you right after this.
1: Leslie Marshall, The Simple Truth in a Complicated World. Give her a call now at 888 6 Leslie. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com.
0: We are back and you hear the music money and that is what we're talking about with our guest dr robert shapiro chairman of sonicom if you have any calls give us a buzz 888-6 leslie 888 uh, any questions thank you dr shapiro for holding and welcome back uh back to your three choices for tax reform um first of all i'm very surprised that the president wants to help the middle class um and even though he campaigned on that that's not where he lives. I mean, he is buddies with Wall Street and Goldman Sachs and those type of people. And I think Republicans, especially because he ran on the Republican ticket, uh, didn't expect this rhetoric. Then again, is that just what this is, rhetoric? Uh, Because, I mean, if you just look at the type of businessman uh, Trump is, he certainly would help out his buddies and the wealthy and the top 2%, as opposed to the middle class. Um, So is he talking smack here?
1: Well, the truth is, every presidential candidate says they're running to help the middle class and everyone in every party uh and so donald trump was quite typical of doing so uh, the fact is if you want to know what he cares about then um look at look at what he proposed and his tax plan in the campaign would have provided about ninety percent of its benefits to the top five to five percent of people. Look at his budget. His budget cut had drastic cuts in virtually every program of interest to moderate and middle class income uh, Americans, and um, in education, in job training, in national parks, in uh, environmental enforcement, which is something middle-class families care about a lot. Um, So there's no evidence, (laughs) absolutely no evidence, in either his history or his actual proposals that uh, the president is really looking for ways to help moderate and middle-income Americans, beyond one thing. He believes, and uh, so do his followers, that um, American trade deals have hurt moderate and middle-income people. And so he wants to roll back those trade deals. Uh, He did pull us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which was really not so much about trade as about kind of organizing Asia against China but uh, we hadn't he hadn't been um, um, uh, approved yet um, you know he's vowed to pull us out of NAFTA he hasn't done that yet um, that's the one area where um, his uh, his proposals at least line up with a case, of how to help moderate and middle-income people. I personally, as an economist, don't agree with his case on that. I think that these trade deals, on balance, have helped the American middle class, uh, but, uh, even if glo- but globalization hasn't. And that's something different from these trade deals.
0: Um I also want to know that uh, you know, we have heard, like you say, you know, so much with uh, regard to um, reformation. Um, when somebody talks about, and Paul Ryan says he hopes that the President's going to put forth a conservative plan, not that you know the mind of Trump, I don't think anyone does. But being that he's been allegedly cooperating uh, regarding DACA with Democrats and seems to want to punish Republicans, do you think he might just do that to cut any deal that he wants? In other words, go, you know, uh, you know, go directly opposite the wishes and desires of, of Ryan and uh, McConnell.
1: Well, um, uh, the problem if he does is that Ryan and McConnell control what comes to the floor of the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate, and you couldn't pass anything with just Democratic votes. You got to have something that holds one party in place supporting you and peels off uh, outliers on the other party. As I said, you can get that with DACA because all Democrats are going to support the DREAMers and Republicans in districts with significant Hispanic populations are also going to do it, which is to say Republicans in the Southwest uh, and so you can cut that kind of deal. But um, if he were to put out a Democratic kind of... Um,
0: Dr. Actual, Shapiro, hold that I, thought. Hold that thought. we got to take a break. I'm sorry. I was so enthralled in what you were saying. We'll talk more about that and let you finish uh, that thought regarding Trump, tax reform, and the dilemma the president finds himself in. Back to you. Back to our guest right after this. Join us at 888-6LESLEY, 888-653-7543.
1: Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall and we'll be sure to share your tweets.
0: With Dr. Robert Shapiro, chairman of Sonicon and also undersecretary of commerce for economic affairs in the Clinton administration. Pick up the phone and join us 8886 Leslie, 888 653 7543 is the number. We're going to take your calls in a moment. But Dr. Shapiro, thank you for holding. Welcome back. My apologies for interrupting. You were saying, sir, please continue.
1: (laughs) No, I was just saying that um, on taxes, uh, the fact is there's no consensus between the parties. There's no consensus across industries about what to do. Um, and given that, um, it's very hard to see how you get uh, any kind of corporate reform of any substantial size. And the truth is, on the personal side, um, we've cut... Uh, personal taxes on moderate and lower-income people enough so that 45 percent of the country no longer owes income tax. Uh, And, um, you know, that's why Democrats, if they're looking for a way to help moderate and middle-income people um, in the tax code, the place to look is probably the payroll tax rather than the income tax. Though, frankly, the best thing we could do for moderate and middle-income Americans is um, make it easy for them to improve their skills. Um, You know, we could um, provide access to one or two Courses at a community college every year for any American who wants it. It wouldn't cost that much money. Um, Let people improve their skills and improve the education system. That's the best thing we can do for average Americans.
0: um, Let's take some calls, and uh, we have uh, a few of them here, so let's go to the calls. And uh, let's start it out with... uh Let me see, let me see, let me see. Got so many windows open. Reggie, line four, Georgia, Decatur, Georgia. Reggie, question or comment for Dr. Shapiro?
2: Well, I have a question for your guest, Dr. Shapiro. Why isn't Donald Trump doing any tax cuts or reform for the average American everyday hardworking people, such as my mother's family, yours, Leslie's, or Marky Marks, anybody else's family, hardworking family, everyday family and citizens of this country, as well as the rest of the world, why is he doing that for all of us, not just for the rich? Right. In the wealthy, like or such, himself, Robert.
1: Well, um, the basic answer is if we're going to look, there's everybody would like to pay lower taxes, and there are a lot of families that could really benefit from paying lower taxes. Um, uh, we have to decide if we're simply going to cut taxes um, and we think about the economy as well, then we're going to have to cut spending and as well. And um, uh, if we, you know, we'd have to make hard choices. Most of the budget is taken up by... Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and national defense. If you're going to get real money, you got to get it out of one of those places. Um, so uh, the the only answer is um, we want to do things which cost more than the amount of taxes we're raising now. We we already have a significant deficit of a couple hundred billion a year. Um, so um, unless we can get a consensus on either a smaller defense role in the world or a way to reduce uh, spending on Medicare and Medicaid, or Social Security, uh, we can't cut taxes um, unless the only other option is to raise some other tax. So we could cut the income tax. We could cut the payroll tax a bit um, if we put in place, for example, a carbon tax uh, or a national sales tax, a tax on purchases. Um, but um, that's the only way to do it, is to either be ready to raise taxes on somebody, um, and Democrats generally say raise it on high-income people, um, or cut spending. Um, And um, most politicians don't want to do any of those things.
0: Okay. Thank you, Reggie. Appreciate the call. Uh, Let's continue uh, with the calls and let's go to, I think uh, we've got uh, Michael here. Okay. uh, Okay. Thank you. We're going to continue with Dr. Shapiro and go to the call uh, later because we haven't started uh, talking about the topic Uh, that uh, we haven't started talking about the topic yet that he had a question on, because, um, you know, I I guess he's pretty clairvoyant there. Um, And we'll get to that in uh, just a bit. Um, With uh, regard uh, to tax reform, when, I mean, first of all, will nothing happen? I mean, would that be your prediction, Dr. Shapiro? Because, you know, something has to happen when you go forward. You have interest rates and, you know, things like that that are, are greatly um, affect the middle class. And as you know, if nothing happens going forward, and if something happens going forward, it always seems that the middle and lower income, especially with the Republican president, although Trump's not really a Republican, but definitely with the Republican House and Senate, despite its fragmentation, uh, get hurt, get the brunt of the decisions that are made in this type of a uh, politically uh, ideological body.
1: Right. Well, you know, I think they will try to do what they can to get something. And if they can't get a big bill, they'll try to get at least a small bill. Uh, And, you know, there are some things they could do that would make sense, make economic sense, uh, and would help the economy. Um, For example, um, you could say to companies, you can choose to deduct the full cost of any investment in the first year, in the year you make the investment, rather than depreciating it. Um, But if you do, you can't also deduct the interest on funds borrowed to make those investments. Most economists, conservative, liberal, would say that change would be good for the economy. We would get more investment. We would reduce what's called a tax bias for debt rather than equity. It would make the economy more efficient. It's not a flashy, flashy headline like we've cut the corporate tax rate from 35 to 25. Um, but they, they could do that. They could get a bipartisan um, majority to do something like that. Um, And I'm hoping that after failing on the big flashy stuff that just costs too much money and uh, where business is split, this is something that would not split business. Um, Particularly if you said you have a choice to either take this option or stay with the current way of depreciating, Um, I think you would get very broad support and it would be a real feather in donald trump's cap that he had actually done a tax change that is clearly positive for the economy um can they get there i don't know you know it's uh there are lots of sensible things that congress ought to do that they don't do
0: uh thank you i appreciate that and um You know, uh, because of time, we have so many things to address, but uh, let us uh, address uh, the census. The 2020 census, a lot of people are saying, is going to be extremely inaccurate. And there are some people that I roll at the census, but not you, Dr. Shapiro. Um, You've written about this. Uh, You think the census not only may be wildly inaccurate, but that the census matters more than most of us would think. Uh, First of all, why does the census matter and why does it matter more than we think?
1: Well, it matters because we draw legislative districts based on how many people are in each particular geographic area, not just for members of Congress, for state senates and state legislatures, even for city councils. If you have a census that misses 10% of Hispanics, for example, areas where Hispanics live, Will be underrepresented uh, in city councils, state legislatures, and the U.S. House. But apart from that, um, there, you know, the government spends uh, sends a lot of money to the states. Uh, most of the money we spend on domestic programs is actually spent through the states. So we have a housing program or an education program or um, a historic preservation program uh, or a parks program. And the way those work is the, the money is sent in a, in a grant to the states to actually carry out the function. Well, the way they divide up that money is based on formulas and all the formulas depend upon the census a lot of education money for example is targeted to areas based on income that's how we know which of those areas are Um, others are education funding can also be based on average education level um the parks programs can be based on the relative density of different areas. All of that information comes from the census. So if the census is inaccurate, we will not, the government distribute $600 billion a year on programs whose formulas to distribute the money depend upon Categories that are counted in the census. And so um, every big city mayor has a real interest in an accurate census, for example. Um, And uh, so without an accurate census, uh, all those funds will not be distributed very accurately, or they won't go to where they need to go. Um, And we can do an accurate census, It just takes money. And here, Congress has been, you know, Congress is, you know, willing to run up these huge deficits. But when it comes to the census, in 2014, they passed a law that said that the 2020 census could not cost more than the 2010 census without adjusting for inflation. Um, So they're saying no more same resources that you had 10 years ago that's all you have now um the census bureaus didn't have any choice and they did what they had to do to live within the constraint they drew up new plans to cut costs by replacing a lot of temporary workers and temporary offices with new technologies and online capacities um and but even with that new cap that low cap. Um, you have to ramp up spending in years eight, nine, and ten of each decade because that's when you're hiring all these people, you're buying all the technologies, you're setting up the offices, and um, and and that was the plan. And until the Trump administration came in, um, and they cut the the 2017. Budget for the Census Bureau by ten percent when it should have gone up, and this year for 2018, the new budget, um, where normally from year seven to year eight you would see a thirty percent increase, um, they've cut it by. They, they flatlined it.
0: Okay, let's take uh, let's take some calls. Michael in the Bronx had a question about the census. Michael, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, and that question for Dr. Shapiro is.
2: Hi, um, Dr. Ann Leslie. Um, Here's my concern, is that when I look at the census, excuse me, when I look at the census or hear about the census, I'm often hearing it being associated with um, voters and the voting rolls. And as you know, we've had situations with Republicans gerrymandering, with Republicans knocking people, Mm -hmm. predominantly minorities, off the voting rolls. And... Of course, we hear the various um, police shootings towards minorities. All in all, I said before that the people that Republicans are hurting are the ones that are going to vote against them. And thus, that every person that is not um, voting for, for whatever reason, that's one less opposition vote for Republicans to uh, worry about. So when you talk about the um, census and how inaccurate that would be, um, Everything I just listed, would that contribute to the inaccuracy and thus push the Republicans' agenda to say, like, see, uh, minorities don't vote, Um, the Democrats don't vote, but then, in fact, we do go to vote, but they're the ones holding us back. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Yes, I do. And um, the answer is kind of yes and no. Um, Yes, in the sense that um, if you undercount— um, say Hispanics or African Americans and sit in big cities. Then their legislative, the legislative, the congressional districts and legislative districts where they live will have more people than other districts. So in that sense, their vote has been diluted. Um, with respect to the all these efforts to throw people off the voting rolls and uh, quote unquote purge the voting rolls, which is putting kind of extra burden on people to vote. Right. Um, uh, that really is not connected to the census.
0: Doctor, we that, thank you that, for being so with us. Uh, Dr. Robert Shapiro, chairman of SonicCon. Sorry to cut you off. We've got a break. End of the hour.
1: This is no ordinary sub shop.